I appreciate um, Christmas time, but I also like New Year's, amen? Because we get to have New Year's resolutions. Now, it's December, what's the date today? The 30th. How many of you kept a resolution that you had last year and you're still doing it right now? All right, one, all right. We need to set some good resolutions, all right? All right, if you're saying like me, I, I'm saying I need to lose 30 pounds in 10 days, that's probably not going to happen, amen? But you can do it over maybe 12 days, okay? So you just got to pace yourself with that. So I want you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 19. Let's go ahead and stand, and we are going to look at just one verse. We're going to read one verse, then we're going to go through the story of this. How many of you know the story? You probably have sang the children's song, Zacchaeus what? Was a... All right. And you have actions with it. We're going to talk about Zacchaeus today, tonight, and maybe even next week because there's a lot to get. But this whole story is told in 10 verses. And let's look at the last verse, and this is how he ends it up. I'm going to read it once, and we're going to read it again. You're going to read it with me. It says in verse, Luke chapter 19, verse 10, it says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Let's read it one more time. You read it with me. For the Son of Man is come to save and to save that which was lost. All right. 2018. Good year, bad year, that's all in the way you look at it. How many of you had some blessings in 2018? All right. How many had some struggles you had to deal with? Um, every year is different, right? Every year it seems like it's harder to bend down and pick up things, Amen. And sometimes it's harder to get back up once you're down there, all right? You been there? You'll get there. Some of you kids will go, that'll never happen. I'm telling you, it will happen, all right? And so, you know, as I look at 2018, there's a lot of things that happened in my life, a lot of things that I'm thankful for. I, I, I'll say this, I think there was more things I'm thankful for than, than struggles that I had. But that's not always the case in every year. Every year could be different. But pretty soon, something's going to happen. You're going to have to learn how to write on your check, 2019. How many of you normally mess up a couple checks? I did this morning. I wrote 2019, and it was dated for, for my tithe, December 30th. So they'd have, I'm going to make the church hold it for a whole year, amen? And so, and I, I had to mark it out, and then I, then I wrote the wrong one. I went through four checks this morning, amen? So I'm thinking, what in the world's going on? But 2018 is going to happen, and it's almost over and then we come into 2019. It's going to overshadow everything that happened in 2018. Because what's most pertinent is the time that we live in. You know what the biggest sin in the world is? Yours. It could be different things. But the biggest sin is, is yours. The biggest year right now, your best year could be 2019. We're going to talk about this next week about reading your Bible through in 2019. It's always a good thing to do. You don't have to read a lot of, a lot of chapters. If you read four or five chapters a day, you would get it done. And I like reading Proverbs. I love the book of Proverbs. And, and I read a proverb a day. I read my Proverbs this morning when I was in my office. I like reading Psalms. You know what Psalms does? It uplifts me. Proverbs tells me what I do wrong. Psalms uplifts me. And then you read about when David wrote almost his, all of his Psalms. I am so thankful for David's writing. Because here's a man that went through a lot. He had a lot of opposition, but yet when you read his word... Man, it just it makes you happy that at the very end, at the beginning of the psalm, usually it's pretty struggling. But by the end of the psalm, you're just thankful that God is everything in this world. 
And I'm so thankful that in 2018, he could be everything. But I can't change what you're going to do in 2019. Only you can. Some of you are going to make resolutions and maybe keep them for about uh, a week or two. I remember about three years ago, I decided to get off caffeine. You ever tried to get off caffeine? I felt like my head was going to fall off. It took me about four or five days, and, and I've not taken caffeine. Now, I still eat chocolate a little bit because I love chocolate, but I don't drink caffeine drinks. And I want to tell you, that was a hard thing to do. There's going to be some things you're going to make, resolutions usually, by commercial alone. You know that they're selling every type of, of light, weight loss activity you can possibly do. Every type of exercise bike is out there now. And everything's always new. So you've got to make your decision of what you're going to do in 2019. You know what God wants? He wants 2019 to be your best year. But on the opposition of that, guess what? Satan wants 2019 to be your worst year. We have an adversary, and he's seeking whom he may devour. Oh, he doesn't have to kill you. He just has to ruin your testimony where you can't tell people about who Christ is. But I want you to look at this verse, and, and, and the theme for this next year is this. As for me. Remember that verse says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It does, I can't... I can't tell you what your family's going to do, but I can tell you what I'm going to do. I wish I could say what our family's going to do, but it's on my wife's shoulders and my shoulders. I wish I could tell you that my daughters were going to serve the Lord. I hope they do. They still are. But I can only say what I'm going to do. And so the theme next year for 2019 is as for me. I can't change you, but I can hope that God will change me. And I hope God changes you. So with this said, as for me, I want you to, I want you to look at this. Um, Luke chapter 19 and verse 10, it says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. How many of you think we need to do what God does? We need to reflect who God is, right? So, His job is what? To seek and to save that which was lost. Have you ever, have you ever lost something and found it? How do you feel when you can't find your keys? And what does everybody ask you? The same question. Where was the last place you saw them? Does that ever, Riley, does that frustrate you when people do that? It frustrates the fire out of me. And I thought, if I knew where the last place I saw them, I would have them. You know you lose things when people give you these little gadgets that you put on your key ring so you can find them. You know, I can't tell you how many times I go, where are my keys at? Where's my wallet at? Where's my debit card at? We were in, in Gatlinburg a couple, couple of weeks ago, about a month ago, and I left my card in the machine. And then I started thinking, where was the last place I saw it? We went back and got it and praised the Lord. I liked it because when they made, they made, made me show my ID and show everything to me and I did, I'm glad they just didn't hand it to anybody. They say, let me see your ID and let's see, what, see if you're the right person. And they gave it back to me. But when I got it, I want to tell you, when I found it, it was an amazing thing. This is what Jesus says. He says, for the Son of Man, Jesus is saying this, is come to seek and to save that which was lost. That's His job. That's what His job is. His job is to do this. But guess what? Not only that, it's our job. 
We're supposed to do exactly what Jesus does. We're supposed to be just like Jesus, and we're supposed to reflect Him. So if His job has come to seek and to save that which is lost, our job should be that also. And so when we look at this portion of Scripture, I just have one question for you, and the question is this. What is God's relationship to us or to me? Let's read this whole story, and let's go through all the ten verses, and then we're going to point out four quick things. I want you to see these. Here in verse number one, it says, And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. That's when we get the wee little man when we hear that. And he ran before and climbed up into the sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And it says, and he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they, when they saw it, the people around, they all murmured, saying, that he was gone to be the guest with a man that is a sinner. You know, in my Bible, I've got that little line highlighted. Look at this. Read this one more time. It says that he was gone to be the guest with a man that is a sinner. To make sure you're awake, I want you to read it with me. Just starting at the word that and to the sinner. Let's read it together. That he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. Last time I checked... I fit that bill. Everybody in this room fits that bill, except the man that was going to his house. Jesus was the only one that wasn't a sinner, but yet he went over there. Why would they say that? These people that said that he was going to the home of a sinner, they were sinners themselves. They didn't understand who this Christ was. But then he tells, he tells um, as, as the story goes, it says, Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. You've got to go back and understand who Zacchaeus was. Anybody know his occupation? He was a tax collector. You know how tax collectors in biblical times made their money? If I walked up to Daniel and said, I figured up in, in my little tablet that he, worked, that he has to pay me $300, I would go up to him and say, you need to pay me $350. I would take $300 and give it to the government. I would keep $50. That's how he made his living. Now watch the statement. He says if he's taken anything that's not right, he would do it. I will store him fourfold. That means I'd have to turn around and give Daniel $200 back. That's an amazing statement for him to say. Then keep reading. It says in verse number nine, and Jesus said to him, this day is salvation come to this house for as much as he also is a son of Abraham. And then we have that verse. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Then he gives a parable for them to hear. And the parable is when he gives the, the, the talents in, the, in, in some of the other um, gospels. In this one, he refers to it as money. He gives them money, and one comes back with f doubles it to 10, one comes back, doubles his, and one comes back, doesn't give the money. If you check the chapter before this, he's telling, Jesus is telling them that he, he uses that illustration that it's easier for a rich man to get into heaven than a camel, for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. 
And then all of a sudden, this Zacchaeus comes on the scene, and he's a rich man. And he does some things, I want you to come back tonight, that are very interesting to me. But I want to go back to this, this proportion, this question right here. What is God's relationship to us? What can we learn through Zacchaeus of what he did to Zacchaeus? Because God does something great in Zacchaeus' life. And there's, three, there's four things I want you to see as we go through this. So when we've read all this, we know all the story. He can't find it. He can't see him. He plans ahead. He goes. He goes up and climbs up in a sycamore tree. And then all of a sudden, Jesus is walking by. So let's look at this story and let's look at the first one. First of all, when we, when we go to the first question, the first statement I want you to get is found in Luke chapter 19, verse 5. We're going to find the first three points in Luke chapter 19, verse 5. When you look at um, Luke chapter 19, verse 5, it says this, And when Jesus came to the place... He looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. There's something in this when you say, he looked up and saw him. Now you've got a picture in your mind the story. The story is that Jesus is traveling along and there's a great group of people around him. It wasn't like Zacchaeus was the only person there. But Zacchaeus was one that was putting effort into seeing who this Christ was. And all of a sudden, he looked up. He didn't look out. He looked up, and there's a man up in a tree. Can I tell you the first, first attribute, the first um, relationship that God has with you? That God sees me. That's wonderful to know that God sees me. I mean, he sees me. You can't play hide and seek with God. He knows exactly where you are. When you're good, He sees you. When you're bad, He sees you. When you're neutral, He sees you. And there's a lot of neutral times, amen? How many of you, at Christmas time, you go, oh my word, what day is it this week? All right, you're off work and you're trying to figure out, is it Monday, is it Tuesday, it's Wednesday? Can I tell you, God always sees you. And that's a great thing. Because when I look at my life and I'm, and I'm going through things, I say, God sees me. He's always there with me. He's the Emmanuel. He's God with me all the time. I can't hide from him. What was Jonah's story? What did, what did Jonah do? He fled from the presence of the Lord. Impossible. He did the impossible in his mind. And what did God do? God set up a whale to swallow him. Man, I want to tell you something. It's great to know that God sees me. It's good to know on the good side, but watch this. When God sees me do the bad things, guess what? It's the Holy Spirit that convicts me because God sees me. I can hide things. How many of you ever hid things from your parents when you were growing up? You know what I'm talking about. All right, Rustin, you, we're the only honest people in here, amen? We hide from our, well, we don't want them to see it. But guess what? Although our parents didn't see it, God saw it. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, what? For thou art with me. He sees me. Can you imagine what he thought? I don't know if there were thousands of people. Let's just say hundreds of people. They're all around him. Why are they around him? Just like the woman was where she just touched the hem of his garment because she knew she could get cleansed just by touching his garment. There's people all over. And he's like, there's no way he's going to see me. I'm short. I can't do it. And so what do, I, what do I do? He improvises. He finds a tree, climbs up in a tree. He's just sitting there. He just wants to see who this Christ is. 
And Christ looks out, and then Christ looks up, and he sees him. Isn't it great to know that God sees you? When you go through turmoil, and you go through troubles, and you go through problems, you go through financial problems, or you go through health problems, he still sees you. That's wonderful to know that our Savior sees us. And that's not changed since he, he died and rose again. In fact, it's more pertinent to me that He sees me now. I don't know what's going to hap happen politically. I don't know what our world's doing. I don't know what our government's doing. But you know what? That doesn't change the fact that God still sees me. Aren't you thankful that God sees you? There's something about, I was praying in my office today and saying, Lord, just help me through any situation I have in 2019. I want you to walk with me. I want you to talk with me. I want you to always be there to see me and to get me through situations. Because we're all going to have situations. You have a situation over Christmas? Absolutely. Probably people did. Because we all have crazy people in our families. Amen. And you go there and all of a sudden you go, I didn't see that one coming. I went up to see my, my, my dad and something happened. I was like, what in the world? I didn't see that one coming. And sometimes we try to figure out things logically. And the whole time God is saying, listen, I see you. You're okay. Get through it. You're okay. Not only does God see me, keep reading. Let's read this one more time. Let's change a little bit of emphasis on the words. God sees me. But look at this. What's the word highlighted? A name. It says, and when Jesus came to the, the place, he looked up and saw him, he sees me, and said unto him, Zacchaeus. Now, I don't know about you, but they weren't wearing name tags. He didn't have a little thing that said, hello, my name is Zacchaeus. You ever seen them, the blue ones with the white letters, and you write your name in it? Um, I was at a preacher's fellowship, and apparently the real big preachers don't, don't take the little the things that say their name, okay? And so I was with Brother Shirley, my, my preacher friend, and, and I put on these famous preachers, um, what do you call those? Lecterns? Lanyards. And he was taking pictures of me with different names on me. I was Paul Chapel for a little bit. I was Clarence Sexton for a little bit. And so I, I wanted to walk up and have Paul Chapel sign my Bible while I had it on his name, had his name on me. But he didn't have, the, he didn't have his name on there. So what's, this, what's the second point? He, he sees me, but he also this. Oh, we went the wrong way. Here we go. He sees me, but he also knows me. And there's just something about, you, you say, well, I don't want God in all my business. He's going to be in your business. He knows how many hairs you have on your head. Some of you have a lot more than others, Amen. And some of you, as we're, as we're talking, some of them are falling out, and it's less and less and less, and he knows. He knows before you get in the shower and when you get out of the shower how many hairs you have, because sometimes it changes. He knows your fingerprints. My dad, I took my dad out, and we, my mother passed away 13 years ago. We went to the gravesite. I did not know this. He said, you know your grandmother's buried in this, in this um, graveyard. I was like, I didn't know that. And so he, he took me to her gravesite. It was a different place. They're underneath a tree. And I just went over there and I started looking at it. And I didn't say anything to my dad. I just looked at it. 
And he looked at me, he said, you noticed it, didn't you? And I knew exactly what he was asking me. I said, yes, I did notice it. When my grandmother passed away, she didn't want anybody to know how old she was. So on her, on her gravesite, all it says is the year she died. It doesn't say the year she, she was born. And so he goes, it doesn't say her birth date on there. I said, no, it doesn't. He goes, she didn't want anybody to know how old she was. And then I looked at, her, at her, her, my grandfather that I never met. And it didn't show his birthday either. And I said, well, he didn't, he didn't want to know that either. He goes, no, grandma did that to him. <laughs> See, they both died when they were 71 years old. But they're 20 years apart. One died in 79, one died in 59. But, you know, I looked all over, and after I said that, I started looking at all the tombstones, and I couldn't find one that didn't have their birth date on it, except my grandma and her husband. You know what? God knows me. He knows everything about me. He knows my flaws. He knows my problems. And sometimes, Joy, he sends problems to get me to make who I need to be. He knows everything about me. The Bible says, go back to Psalm 23, for the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. All I need is him. <laughs> he knows me. He knows Zacchaeus. He knows your social security number. He knows your address. He knows your phone number. He knows how old you are. Last year, my wife woke up and I, and I, I wished her a happy birthday. And I said how old she was. And she said, no, I'm not that old. She said, I'm, she said, I'm one year older than that. I said, no, honey, you are such and such. I'm not going to tell you how old she is. I said, you are such and such. She said, no, I'm not. And she got this real discontented look on her face. She said, I have been telling everybody this year that I was that old and I've lost a year. You know, God knows how old we are and we don't even know how old we are. God knows where you're at when you don't know where you're at. He's better than any GPS you'll ever have. And he looks up and he sees this man and he, he looks at him. And the first one is he sees me, but he knows me and he calls him by name. There's a couple of reasons why he did that. Because everybody else knew him too. Because remember what they said, oh man, he's going to eat with a sinner. They knew exactly who he was. But can I tell you, God knows me. God sees me. God knows me. And look at this next part. Third point is this, for today I must abide in thy house. Let's read it again. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him, he sees me, and said unto him, Zac Zacchaeus, he knows me, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. That was probably the last thing Zacchaeus was going to think he was going to say to him. But he says, listen, I, I, want, I want to go to your house. God wants me. God wants me. He wants to spend time with me. He knows all about me. He sees where I'm at. And he wants me. For today I must abide at thy house. Out of the hundred different people he could have chosen, he looks up at that man in that tree, he goes, Zacchaeus, I'm going to your house. Can I tell you something? God wants you. God wants you. He wants your whole heart. He wants your life. 
And you know, if you put your care and your trust in Him, He will not let you down. It's not saying it's going to be easy. Jesus' life was not easy at the very end. What happened to all the people that He healed? And when he, when he goes up on the cross and no one comes to see Him. In fact, people went by and they were wagging their heads. They were shaking their heads at Him. And they were saying vile things to Him. When He was thirsty, he, they gave Him vinegar. Try that next time you're thirsty. Especially try it when you've got cuts in your mouth and cuts on your face and cuts on your body and that vinegar hits as it goes down. You know what? He wants me. God wants me. In 2019, He wants you. He, we already know He knows you. He sees you. But He wants you. So what are you going to do with Him? He wants to walk with you. He wants you to read His Word. He wants you to talk to Him. And I want to tell you, as a Christian, I, I think one of the most things we forget all the time is to talk to the Lord. We can read His Word. We can read one chapter, two chapters, three chapters. We don't talk to Him all the time. If I ask you in here, how long, if we were to take a survey, how long do you pray to the Lord and talk to Him on a daily basis? I wonder what it would be. I wonder what the average would be here. And I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to me. You've got to have a prayer list. He wants us to have a prayer list so we can talk with Him. Amen? He wants that relationship with us. If my wife wrote me a letter on our anniversary. And she came by my dresser, and my dresser was sitting on my dresser, and it was, uh, it was unopened. My, our anniversary is on the 17th of May. And she came on the 18th, it was unopened. She came on the 19th, it was unopened. She came on the 20th, it was unopened. And she came back a year later, and that, still, that card was still there. Do you think she'd want to write me another one? My mama didn't raise no fool. I'm going to open that card and read it. That's why I need to open God's Word and read it to understand what God has for me. See, God sees me. He sees me when sometimes I'm not trying to be seen. He knows everything about me. And the third thing is He wants me. And you know the last thing, it, it, the last point I want you to get, I want you to go to a different verse. Luke chapter 19, verse 9. Luke chapter 19 and verse 9 says this. It says, And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house for so much as He also is the Son of Abraham. Look at these words. This day is salvation come to this house. You know what God does? He not only sees me, He knows me, He wants me, but you know what else? He loves me. It's a simple song. We sing it. It's for children. Jesus loves little children. It's just a simple song, but if we could just as adults understand what that, what that word means. See, 2018, I don't know what you went through. I don't know the problems that you faced. I know some of them, but some of you are very quiet. You don't want people to know. And some of you are battling through these situations, maybe a health situation, a financial situation, and you have no earthly idea how, it's going to happen, how you're going to get out of it. Can I tell you that God still loves you? Despite the problems that you have, despite, despite the, the blessings or the hardships you have, He still loves you. He never said the, the, that your life was going to be easy. If anything's get, get gotten easy, it's not worth keeping. One thing I was thankful for my father is he would buy cars for us and make us make payments to him. 
He didn't give us a car. <laughs> and I hated it when he picked our cars. I mean, I remember the cars that he picked for my sister. She's three years older than me. Picked a 1955 Chevy, souped up. It was an incredible car. She couldn't drive it because it was a five-speed. So I would take it out in the country as a 13-year-old and drive, and I thought, maybe Dad will keep this for me when I get old. Then they bought him a, a Cutlass, 442 Cutlass. <clears throat> a Cutlass Supreme. A Dodge Challenger. Are you getting a the theme of these cars that my dad brought, brought to her? They were all muscle cars and hot rods. And so when it was my time to get it, he goes, he comes back, and he says, son, I got a car for you. He brings me out. And i got to start making payments for this car. I'm like, what is it? And I'm outside, and I walk outside, and everything was happy until I saw the car. It was a push-button rambler. <laughs> it used to be red. It is oxidized into a pink push-button rambler. I said, Mom, please. Whatever you do, don't let him make me buy this car. I can't drive this car. I'm colorblind. I'm very insecure with colors. Well, you can shine it and turn red. I said, I don't want to shine it and turn red. He ended up buying me a 67 Ford Fairlane. Go from, had no engine in it. It had an engine in it, but it goes zero to 80 in about four weeks. And so when I was looking at it, I was seeing all these things that my dad was getting my sister, and then I get this, and I'm like, what in the world is going on? Sometimes you don't know what's going to happen in your life. And that rambler is brought into your life, you have no idea what you're going to do with it. But can I tell you something? God knows everything about you. He knows your name. He knows your situation. He knows your problems you're going to go through. He knows how to help you through those. He sees you through those. He loves you and He wants you to be with Him. So it's your choice. 2019, you got a fresh slate. It's up to you. You can choose whether to go to church in 2019. You can choose not to go to church. You can choose to sing and make a joyful noise when you go through problems. Or you can choose to be bitter. And there's people in this room, they're going to be bitter. There's people that are outside this room, they're going to be bitter. I'm going to choose the happy side. If you come here on a Wednesday night, you hear all the prayer requests. There's a lot of prayer requests. We've got a family, Ray and Priscilla, I love them to death. They've had a rough week. Her mom's broke her arm and her pelvic bone. They don't know what they're going to do with it. They're not here this morning because they're just trying to get it all together. And they're probably listening this morning. I love them. It's hard when you're going through things. We need to make sure we understand that God does truly care for us. I don't know what happened in 2018. Let's look on the positive side. 2019, your glass is either going to be, my mom always used to say this, half full or what? Half empty. When I realize that God sees me, He knows me, He wants me, and He loves me, 
It's never half empty. It's always half full. We need to see that in 2019. Get your mindset that God truly cares for you. Zacchaeus' last thing he did when he climbed up that tree is, hey, he's going to call on me. He's going to come to my house and he cares about me. He had no earthly idea what Jesus was going to do. At the very end of the day, guess what? Read that verse. This day is salvation come to this house. Aren't you thankful when you climb up that tree and you have no idea what's going to happen and Jesus calls you on it? His life changed because he climbed up a tree. 